For great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts, the TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. Critically analyzing global affairs, this is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, Stuart J. Hooper, lecturer, is uh, coming up, our semi-regular guest, uh, not only here on the Hervoy Moritz Show, but also on Chris Smith's show. Um you know, by the way, check out all of the different hosts. We've got a, a number of interesting um, flavors. There's uh, should be something for uh, everyone. A little bit, some folks to the left, some to the right, neither. And so, uh, yeah, if uh, explore a bit over that over there at TNT Radio uh, Live, um, looking at the presenters, the schedule, and what not. Um, some news first: Imran Khan of Pakistan has been sentenced to. 10 years in jail i think 10 days before the election so really the globalists are scouring the planet for any um patriots any anyone any anti-globalists and either trying to kill them uh, or put them in jail or ban them from politics from brazil bolsonaro to trump in the us to imran khan in in pakistan i it, it you know, his situation is just completely concocted, if you ask me, out of thin air. There's no reason to put Imran Khan behind prison, except that he's a threat to the globalists, um, who now pretty much um, control Pakistan um, through, uh, you know, the different networks that they have there, the ISI, IMF, all, all you know, all, all that sort of stuff. So quite unfortunate that Imran Khan is facing 10 years, a decade behind bars, for trying to do the right thing for his country. Uh, this, you know, uh, speaking of the region, India is going to make dozens of cities beggar free. They say 30 cities in India. And it's interesting. It says India's Ministry of Social Justice and Empowerment will launch a national portal and mobile application for storing data on persons engaged in begging. They don't talk about UBI, Universal Basic Income. But I wouldn't be surprised if they put folks on universal basic income or I'm I'm tongue in cheek here, Bal black Balkan humor, uh, use them for Soylent Green, sweeping them up off the, the streets. And, you know, there's another story here from Biometric Update from today. <clears throat> India's most controversial temple secured by facial recognition. Um, so it's now safe under the auspices of the of the all seeing AI um uh, god uh, crazy so now at, at this um hindu temple of ram built on the ruins of 16th century mosque um they have deployed facial recognition equipped cameras yada yada and it goes down in, in the article to say that mira mirasis india the company doing this started its operation in 2018 and provides 25 percent of indian railways video surveillance analytics and 30 percent of video surveillance in india's smart cities so they're talking about smart cities and it says india's other cities are also ramping up the installation of biometric surveillance in public spaces so the algorithm ghetto is bit by bit being built out in countries all across the planet uh russia check out this news from russia russia to expand its surveillance network plans to tap into private surveillance networks and roll out facial recognition 
this is reclaim the net russia is, is advancing towards a china-like extensive surveillance system the perm region in russia is the first to mandate that private video camera owners must integrate their devices into a regional surveillance network a practice poised to be replicated nationwide and so look this is this is what's already happened in places in the u.s so russia is doing the same thing where is the grass is greener on the other side where is your bricks multipolar alternative it's just the flip side of the same coin if you ask me and yuri roshka and riley wagaman and james corbett and many others um, i'm just not buying it they're implementing the same systems in all countries so yeah do do uh <laughs> do with that uh what you will uh also russia um reporting russia discussing integration of payment infrastructure with BRICS. russia is discussing with other BRICS countries the integration of national financial message transition transmission systems with currently um 20 countries uh, at least they want to get around swift of course and um the head of the russian central bank also says many countries are now thinking about introducing digital currencies of central banks that um that's going on major internet domain outage reported in russia i wonder what that's all what is that all about and um i'm a big fan of vaslav klaus um former president of of um, czech republic he says us and uk are to blame for ukraine conflict the conflict between moscow and kiev really began in 2008 when nato agreed to eventually admit ukraine um and i'm a huge fan of his his work uh he, he, he is, uh, he's been very outspoken and telling um the truth i thought this this was a great tweet from velina chakarova who i learned from but also criticize she's very um uh, in the nato frame of mind but she says that turkey is slowly but surely achieving all its goals by playing off the key systemic actors against each other if you think that turkey will give up on russia in other critical domains like energy trade regional geopolitics you are uh wrong and so you know turkey is the ultimate player here they're they're playing with everyone to get um what what they can for themselves and uh, just more headlines more of the same headlines telegraph world war three is approaching fast too few are willing to admit why uh, then you've got russian mp saying put nuclear weapons in cuba alexei alexei juravlev has suggested that moscow should deploy missiles in friendly countries great just what we need right now and also reports russia and china warn against cycle of retaliation as Biden threatens to target their ally Iran after drone attack killed three U.S. soldiers. So a lot is popping off. Uh, a reminder that you don't have to miss anything here on TNT. You can download the TNT Radio app to uh, your surveillance device, your smartphone, from the Apple App Store or Google Play, so you can easily listen live to us from your phone anywhere, anytime. Isn't that amazing? Available right now to download uh, so stay up to speed with TNT. There's a lot going on. So it's important to stay informed and up to date. Get ready, because here we go. At the top, 30 minutes past and when it breaks. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Soon, drivers in at least one London city will be paying an individually tailor-made amount of 
money for parking based on the amount of CO2 being emitted from their vehicles. Here with the story, joining me once again, TNT News producer Adam Clark, aka Ruckus. Thanks, Roy. This is brilliant. This is this is how you do it. Uh, way to go, uh, this lovely city in London, in the UK. Uh, we're not. Hey, buddy, we're not telling you you have to switch over to a a better car, but it's going to cost you if you don't. Wow, this is crazy. Uh, this is Westminster City. Their council has announced that new parking charges will come into effect this spring with vehicles charged primarily based on their level of CO2 emissions. Oh, Klaus is so happy to hear this. Uh, Klaus Schwab, not your, your friend Klaus that you brought up a minute ago. Uh, the least polluting vehicles will be paying the least and the most polluting the most. Yeah, makes sense. This is in a payment restructure by the Central London Local Authority. The changes will be implemented from March 18th for pay-to-park permits and from April 1st for resident permits. The schemes aim to, quote, encourage the use of low-polluting vehicles, end quote, and to, quote-unquote, nudge drivers who park regularly in Westminster, a council with some of the highest carbon emissions and worst air quality of any national local authority, period. Wild. The decision is part of the council's commitment to become carbon neutral by 2040. It also comes amid the government's overarching zero emission vehicle ZEV mandate that requires 80% of new cars and 70% of new vans sold in the UK to be zero emission by 2030, increasing to 100% by 2035. The parking scheme will quote unquote encourage drivers to opt for low polluting vehicles, according to the council. The public has been invited to share its views on the proposed changes in a three week consultation running from January 25th. From what I understand, uh, your views won't make a lick of a difference. Isn't that fun? Uh, AA spokesman Luke Bosdit told the Times of London that councils, quote, are cooking up new ways to keep the money rolling in from residents parking, end quote. He said that many drivers have already responded to the, quote, unquote, green requirements and switched to EVs, electric vehicles. Mr. Bosdet said, quote, cars owned by London residents do by far the lowest mileage in the country. The CO2 argument for raising residents' parking tax in London therefore doesn't stack up, except as a poor excuse to guzzle more cash from drivers who live in the capital, end quote. See what see what he did there. Uh, last year, AA analysis showed that council income from parking during the 2022 to 2023 financial year was 962.3 million pounds. Quote, once again, official statistics show that councils have turned parking into a huge cash cow, not just a service to stimulate local trade and support workers and visitors, end quote. So said Jack Cousins, the AA's head of roads policy. Um, and then let's see, the Epoch Times spoke with Ian Taylor, director of the Alliance of British Drivers, who said that he, quote, agreed with the sentiment completely. Mr. Taylor said, quote, it is a thin line between traffic management and social engineering of making it impossible to drive your car. That crosses a bit of a line, end quote. He suggested that local authorities, quote, want more money, end quote, using environmental grounds as their excuse. Mr. Taylor added, quote, this is the most grossly unfair idea to charge drivers based on emissions grounds. The parked vehicle is not producing emissions. 
The other ground is charging based on the size of the car. Some electric vehicles are as big as traditional cars, so the wear and tear they produce is of the same impact, end quote. Mr. Taylor said that the measures, quote, give a whole new meaning to the phrase highway robbery, end quote. Well, there's the report. Rory, what do you think about this one? Well, I think it's, you know, death by a thousand bureaucratic cuts, idiocracy with algorithms. Um, and I'm complaining frequently about um, this agenda ruckus. You know, you got everything from QR codes at uh, menus at restaurants. My Internet still isn't working. It's uh, they they can't they fixed it. it. It broke again. The guy didn't come today. When you call up, they want you to use the app. Uh, they don't want you to to ask someone to come out. They're like, no, no, no use the app. Uh, and then when you talk about parking down downtown here in Guadalajara, you know, when I came here ten years ago, uh, they had places where you could put coins, um, places that you could pay, and that's all gone now. And when you go downtown, you have to use the app. And I tried it the last time. It didn't. Even, first of all, it didn't even work with my credit card. And second of all, I don't even like to have my phone on me. So if I go downtown without my phone. How can I pay for parking? Because it's all through the app. And then there are crazy situations where, you know, when you go to the U.S. Embassy down, downtown here in Mexico, you can't um, bring a cell phone in with you. They don't allow you to bring like any electronic device. You cannot enter the embassy to renew your passport or whatever with your cell phone. So it's like, OK, well, so I, I'm going to go without my cell phone, but then I can't pay for parking because you need the app. There's no other way to pay for parking or you get your car towed. It's total, you know, Kafkaesque um, madness and you know, it's the same old uh, agenda here, um, Ruckus. They're going to price us out out of owning, owning cars. That's their plan. I mentioned before one of my uh, Mexican friends uh, here, her car, 2002 uh, model vehicle, did not pass the emissions. So it's illegal. Her car, she doesn't have a car anymore because it's the government just declared it illegal. And someone told me that uh, they've got a friend here that bought a, a recent car, a recent model car, um, that didn't pass the emissions. So even the newer cars are going to be declared uh, illegal. So um, what do you make uh, of this, uh, of these developments out there in the UK? It's, it's almost like they just don't want you to drive. This, you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't, at least that's what it looks like to me. I, I made a joke in the, the live chat earlier today. Somebody was talking about, um, I think it was my friend, uh, our friend Hesher, Brian McClain, during State of the Nation, talking about Klaus Schwab's wanting everybody to eat bugs, wanting everybody to eat lab meat. And I'm thinking, no, they just these people just want us to eat nothing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think they want us to drive nothing as well. Uh, by the way, I think there's a an imminent solution to the problem you just described there. Actually, two problems you just described there. And they're both coming from the same place, the same person, as it were. Um, the problem with, like, not being able to go to the embassy with your smartphone and, and do the parking, don't worry. There's coming soon a chip for that coming from Elon Musk, who provides your Internet as we're speaking right now because you're using Starlink. I know you are. Yep, yep. I'm using my my Starlink. So that's one solution. I don't think I'm going to go quite uh, there, but I'll have Thursday. Joe Allen of Steve Bannon's War Room will be joining us here in live video to talk about all of that stuff as well. So tune in. He's got a great book as well. Dark Eon. Fantastic book. Um, all right. Thanks, Ruckus. Uh, catch up with you tomorrow. We got Stuart J. Hooper joining us. Feel free to call in and chat with us. We'll be right back. TNT's Timothy Shea. The race is essentially now Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley. Ron disappoints us will be pulling his 
cat from the ring next. And the issue, as always, is why is the Nikki taking so much of the left's money? Well, maybe this will give you a little insight. She credits Hillary Clinton with inspiring her to enter politics, having attended a women's leadership summit at which Hillary spoke. And Nikki said, and I quote, I then had to decide whether I was a Republican or Democrat. See, Nikki has no core beliefs other than doing whatever her globalist masters, paymasters, want her to say. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk TNT. Take us back in time. And who was Mike Flynn? He was the national security advisor to the president. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming president of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's gonna protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. This moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism, or you're talking about communism. Socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism. But the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give him the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. People will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com Our next steps to space. This time we go back to the moon to learn to live, to work, to invent, to create. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, back on the show to help us make sense of what's happening in the world is Stuart J. Hooper, the lecturer, PhD researcher who studies the military industrial complex elites, war and globalism. He's uh, originally from the UK, but he's uh, somewhere in America uh, right now. How's life, Stuart? Yeah, I'm right here in uh, 
small city, not really small town, but small city, Oklahoma, uh, teaching away and uh, trying to navigate through the chaos of American politics, the, the chaos of global politics and the uh, slow but sure collapse. And uh, I think things are definitely heading in a really negative direction. Um, one thing that I noticed uh, just this past week, you may have seen it, um, the Navy is now lowering its entrance standards in the United States. Um, so I don't think you even need to have graduated from high school to now join the US Navy. Um, and I posted on X that this is now becoming idiocracy. And there's the the scene where the, the guy's frozen in time, he wakes up hundreds of years in the future, goes to the job aptitude test, and it's how do you fit the shape in the hole? And it's like the square hole, the circle hole, the triangle hole, and they can't figure it out. Uh, well, this is now going to be the apparently the US military entrance exam. Um, so yeah, we're really heading down a somewhat strange and dangerous path here. I mean, just there's so many of those such stories, you know, just reading today that in New York, um, they're going to allow migrants to work in thousands of like government state positions. Um, and like that plus what you mentioned about lowering the standards for the Navy. Uh, and I think uh, and elsewhere, they're lowering the standards it's it's literally mm -hmm. idiocracy literally at all mm -hmm. levels and uh, you're not too far from the action in in texas um maybe just to get your thoughts on what's what's happening with um texas we're going to be talking about that uh a lot because i think this could be one major black swan uh you know I, I i spoke to j michael waller last week who was in the cia and he well he was a contra in the 80s which is pretty crazy but um he fought with the Contras, but he said that they might start false flags and that they might we might we could see something start where we get a shoot shootout between federal authorities and Texas National Guard. I hope that doesn't happen. But we are now, I think, in uncharted territories uh, and all, all bets are off. Uh, Stuart, what do you think? Yeah, so what we really need to avoid at all costs is uh, a Waco 2.0 um, for those of you that are perhaps younger viewers are not too aware about what happened at Waco, Texas, um, had this compound, um, this uh, religious group. Um, now, was there some probably nefarious bad things going on in this compound with this religious group and, and these people? Probably yes. But what you saw was the complete um, annihilation of this compound by the federal government, the ATF, the FBI, um, these sorts of groups. <clears throat> um, and they ended up killing a whole lot of people, including children uh, in that compound, um, as they were shooting indiscriminately into the building, set the building on fire. And they had a tank that drove through the walls of the, of the, uh, the church of the compound. <clears throat> so this is um, something that we do not want to repeat on a grander scale. But as you rightly said, it looks like uh, this may be happening. And in my um, classes this week, we're actually looking at federalism and this divide between the national government and the state governments and what that means and how it plays out um, and the idea of the supremacy clause and the enumerated powers of the federal government. Well, all of this stuff is all well and good on paper um, and you can look at it and it's in black and white. The problem is all of it is open to interpretation. So right now we have very differing interpretations of what's going on. Uh, we have a Texan interpretation and we have a Biden administration uh, interpretation or a Supreme Court 
interpretation even at this point as well um but they're basically saying well if it's anything to do with foreign relations the border this is the exclusive responsibility of the federal government but texas is saying well you're not living up to that responsibility therefore we have to take care of it for ourselves and we have a right to do this under the constitution so this is again really heading down a, a dangerous potentially dangerous path um i don't think you could necessarily see shootouts between state and federal authorities anytime soon but i think the legal battles here are absolutely going to ramp up so that's probably going to be the immediate thing that you start to see next um there have been of course um always for decades and decades and decades the idea that texas is going to break away from the united states and become its own thing and we now have the texit movement which has been uh springing up online uh, the modern branding of this, of course, going off the Brexit slogan, um, Texit. So kind of imaginative, interesting thought. But again, with those lines, the civil war is really supposed to have settled this question. Can you leave the union? Well, the answer is no. Uh, it's a permanent union. The, that was what this, the, the, really the second big question of the civil war. The first one, of course, being slavery. The second being, can you leave or can you not? Uh, well, the side that said you cannot, they won the war. Um, and Texas, of course, could it survive as its own individual country? Yes, uh, its economy is massive, bigger than lots of individual countries on planet Earth. Um, it could survive. It, it would eventually probably work out. Um, but I don't think it's going to be politically feasible anytime soon. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I think domestically, um, immigration has shot right to the top as the number one domestic political issue. Um, inflation has died down. Prices haven't come down. Inflation, the rate of inflation has slowed dramatically, but prices haven't fallen along with that. I think people have just kind of gotten used to it at this point uh, to pay high prices. And now they are looking to other issues, um, which again, immigration has really sprung to the fore here. I saw a hilarious meme. It showed a map of Texas and it said Slava Texas. Right, like Slava Ukraini, Slava Texas, and and um, Russian lawmakers are chiming in on Twitter saying we we will support uh, the independence of of Texas, kind of like you know making the joke with what they're doing mm -hmm. with Donbass and those regions. We're gonna jump real quick to our headlines. Now, where trusted newscasters deliver the day's news at the same reliable time. TNT Radio News. That sounds awesome. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. President Joe Biden is contemplating various response measures to a drone strike attributed to an Iran-backed terrorist group that resulted in the deaths of three U.S. Army reservists and injured 40 others in Jordan on January 28th. Elon Musk, the head of biotech firm Neuralink, announced that the company has successfully carried out its first human brain chip implantation. French President Emmanuel Macron is committed to addressing the concerns raised by French farmers with European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen. The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. Be sure to follow Stuart Hooper over at uh, Twitter X, Stuart J. Hooper, and uh, subscribe to his 
Pentagon Tube, a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Stuart J. Uh, Hooper. Um, and yeah, just a final note on the whole Texas thing. Uh, you know, I, I hope, as you say, we don't go down that route, but I think that the potential scenario is there. I, I, I liken it to the Yugoslav scenario, disintegration, civil war. Um, they would allow Texas to secede. Um, that's the idea. And then reintegrate it into some sort of North American Union. That's one scenario. Maybe nothing like that will um, happen. And I recall my years of teaching as well. Like you say, it's when you're teaching these types of topics and in, in law, it's like, it is open to interpretation. I saw some leftist on Twitter saying, arguing, no, whatever the federal government says, that's it, Texas, uh, that trumps the Constitution. And uh, I'm kind of with Texas on this one. But um, yeah, it's just not clear. Uh, and maybe to get your thoughts on, you know, to, to start the conversation, never neocon Nikki Haley has come out. I, I was listening to this clip on, on the replay where she said, we should kill Iranian leaders. Uh, inside Iran or outside Iran and strike infrastructure inside Iraq and Syria like just this like where do they get these people could you imagine if Putin came out or Xi Jinping he said hey let's let's bomb um let's take out leaders in the U.S. Let, let's send missiles into the U.S. and knock out uh Fetterman you know or something like this like that the, like the double standard like we could just joke about you know, launching strikes into foreign countries, hey, but if you do that to us, World War Three. about so your, your thoughts on this and and some of Tucker Carlson's colorful tweet, tweets that I saw you shared, I shared as well, uh, where, where he's compiling, you know, these senators, Senator John Corn, target Tehran, Lindsey Graham, hit Iran now, hit them hard. What's going on here, Stuart? Yeah, so this is um, the the attempt of these neocons to fulfill their dream of finally invading Iran. This is, is, of course, what they really wanted to do towards the end of the Bush administration. But the domestic pressure um, became so great. The war in Iraq started spiraling so um, dramatically out of control with the militias and the civil war that erupted in Iraq um, that it was not feasible politically or militarily um, to do that. Well, today we live in a world where the US has wrapped up its involvement in Afghanistan, wrapped up most of its involvement in Iraq and a lot of other Middle Eastern countries, aside from these small um, outposts that it maintains. These senators think, um, these political leaders think that now is the time to go after Iran. Uh, that could not be any further from the truth um, because Today's Middle East is not the Middle East of 2001. It's not the Middle East of the 80s or the early 90s. This is a Middle East that has an Iran that has global friends like Russia and China. And the extent to which Russia and China are going to sit back and allow this to happen, um, I think, is really in question. Um, for example, we saw um, the US going around the Middle East, toppling country after country, Libya, and then it tries to go to Syria. And in Syria, though, Russia had, or still has, um, a naval base. So where Russia had an interest involved, it said, hold up, wait a second, um, we are going to do something here as well. We're going to intervene um, against you and your proxies, the moderate rebels, which, of course, were never really moderate. Right? They, they were always shooting from day one. Lots of evidence of that as well. 
um, that that's how this already sprung out of control. Um, so if you have a Russia and China that are also interested in Iran and the US says, well, we're going to come in and we're going to overthrow the government of Iran. Well, what happens when Russia and China say no here? And instead of the US using proxy forces in Iran, um, like it was in Syria, you're talking actual US troops, actual US forces um, that are going to be getting shot at directly, perhaps by Russian backed Iranian military forces or Chinese backed Iranian military forces. And at that point, we are well and truly in the second Cold War. I think we've really been in the second Cold War for a very long time um, anyway, um, probably really since um, the Syrian civil war and the Russian intervention. Um, that hasn't really gone away. And then, of course, everything in Ukraine and, and with, with Russia along these lines. Um, but when this happens, I mean, you're really going down a path that's uncharted, unknown and most likely lead to disaster. I mean, was the war in Iraq a success? No. Was the war in Afghanistan a success? No. Were these other interventions successful? Libya, Syria, Somalia, any of these places? Was there ever success to be found here? The answer is always no. Um, but again, we have these forces who still have this as, as their number one goal. And of course, it's that um, really important phrase, the military industrial complex, that is, of course, the key winner for all of this. Um, so if there's one institution, one group of institutions, it is the military industrial complex that wins here. Um, everybody else, literally everybody else loses. Um, so there is nothing to be gained here. Um, America will suffer casualties probably severe casualties as a result of a war with Iran. I've been trying to find out precisely what Iran's military capabilities um, are over the course of the day. Unfortunately, we don't really have too much of an estimate on this. So there are lots of different sources that are talking about Iran and its military capabilities. And a lot of them are saying, well, they might have this, they might have that, but we don't really know. They may have this, they may have that, but we don't really know. Well, this again is a really dangerous situation. Then why do you want to wade into this and find out what they have? Um, because you may find out that they have something that can do some very serious damage to you. Um, we apparently know that they have three submarines. The extent to which these things have been modernized, mostly unknown. Um, they have anti-ship missiles. They have Chinese anti-ship missiles. They have Russian air defense systems. But again, the quantities where this stuff is, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? This is all mostly gray area from what I can tell, at least publicly, right? Behind the scenes, maybe the CIA has more definitive numbers and they, they know they have a better grasp on what's going on here. Maybe MI6 too, these sorts of intelligence outfits. Um, but the problem is wading into something like this. It, this is not going to be a walk in the park. This is going to be a disaster. Stuart, the, the Iranians, they got the juice. They got the yellow juice, you know, the yellow cake. We got to hit him now, hit him hard, um, you know, and, and it's absolute insanity. Just a disregard these people have for other humans. You know, I've mentioned before I had an Iranian um, colleague when I studied at the Geneva School of Diplomacy. We were friends and then he, uh, a friend of his who owned a, a restaurant, an Iranian Persian restaurant in, in Geneva put me up for two weeks, fed me, let me stay for, for, for free. Um, 
it's just like the amazing hospitality and i remember back in 2008 and i my iranian friend was saying his parents because at the time there was the same warmongering and i wonder if if it's just that if they're just trying to scare us and they're like okay just kidding we're not going to war with iran because it keeps repeating every few years um and he was saying his parents were thinking of um looking for property outside of iran if war started uh and again people that have nothing to do with anything and then we've got these freaks in washington say yeah let's just kill a whole bunch of people uh because my stocks in in with raytheon are going to go up uh and, and and that sort of jazz um and i i'm not sure if i got this right but today i i was reading you know here daily mail reports russia and china have rushed to the defense of their ally iran urged the u.s to show restraint in their response and apparently uh, i read a summary that said joe biden is thinking of retaliating and he's asked the iranians like not to retaliate to our retaliation it's like what is <laughs> what is going um on here and then you know the we had the three soldiers that died as well and jean pierre whatever her name is um was also very it was shameful she was like saying oh these three she didn't even know the details that's her job and she said these three 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 folks you know i don't know um so yeah the thoughts on on this scenario of, of biden wanting to retaliate and saying hey don't retaliate let, let us you know save face yeah, so some of this stuff we definitely know does go on, right? And there are these sorts of discussions that happen behind the scenes, and it's ultimately all political posturing. Uh, but the problem is that people die often as a result of this, and there's no guarantee that the other side is going to abide by these sorts of agreements. <clears throat> um, perhaps the most um, famous example of this is the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact between the Soviets and the Nazis, uh, this under-the-table deal. We're going to invade Poland, but pr we promise we're not coming for you, Stalin. Don't panic. All is going to be well and good. And then look what happens um, uh, not too long after, right? The Hitler turns and goes in the opposite direction and, and double crosses him. So these sorts of under the table deals do happen. Um, so it could, something like that could be going on. But the problem is, I think we're at risk of a real massive conflict right now because of the state of the domestic governments in both the United Kingdom and the United States. These are two regimes that are failing on every conceivable level. They're falling apart and they're going to be destroyed in their next general elections, respectively. Um, so the Conservative Party, um, again, is going to fall apart. It's, it's, it's at the end of the road. It doesn't matter what they do. Um, I jokingly said to a, a colleague earlier, um, the Conservative Party could have Jesus as their prime ministerial candidate and they will still lose the upcoming general election in the United, in the United Kingdom. It doesn't matter who they have as their candidate. It's over. Um, I think the same is also true for Biden at this point. Um, the Republicans could run a potato up against Joe Biden at this point and the potato would win. Right. This is where these governments are. And what do we know that governments do when they're in this dire political position? Well, they often look abroad and they look to problems overseas to distract from what's going on domestically. So don't worry about that whole immigration problem, um, because now we're fighting war with Iran. That's now what we're going to go ahead and do. This has now got to be our national priority. Um, forget about immigration. Forget about the border. Forget about the inflation. Um, forget about all of these made up numbers about how many jobs I've created. Um, 
right for for Biden with all of the COVID stuff and all this economic fluff with these numbers uh, for the conservatives in the UK. Again, forget about the the boat crossings, forget about the rampant inflation, forget about the fact that we have the worst developed economy uh, in the world in terms of its growth position right now. Forget forget all of that, because now the UK is going to be global Britain and we're going to go and fight a war with Iran and we're going to bring peace and justice to the world. Well, we got to stop falling for this trap. And that, I think, is a lot on the people um, to stop falling for this trap. Yeah, and it's funny, I caught a headline from Babylon B the other, the other day, which said, Biden, um, to distract from the civil war, is going to start a global <laughs> global war. So kind of just summing up, uh, as you say, and others like Gerald Salente, they're going to take us to war. And, you know, with headlines every day from mainstream international media, the Telegraph yesterday, World War Three is approaching fast. Too few are willing to admit why the day before um, their headline was it was already a foregone conclusion right they, they were basically saying that we're, we're going to war like we can't stop it there's no way out of it what do you mean you can't um so it's this is the orchestrated this is deliberate we can easily stop uh with, with a few cool heads we could stop all of this but someone in some back room somewhere wants a third world war we're going to jump to our break we'll be right back while serving in afghanistan I was hit by sniper fire. The fighting was so intense, the medevac chopper was barely able to land. In the hospital, I was given a 5% chance to live. It's a good thing math wasn't my best subject. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I talk to kids about dealing with life's struggles. I tell them, with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year life-changing ways. I know that some struggles are big and some are small, but they're all struggles and you have to learn to get through them. With support from DAV, more veterans like me can live their best life. And as a new father, I have one more reason to keep on keeping on. My victory is being there for the next generation. Adam Alexander, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. She used to dance and dream of a better life, a brighter future. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, she dances for the world. Together, we give children in poverty a chance to set their sights high and achieve their dreams. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. Critically analyzing global affairs. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's our final segment here with Stuart J. Hooper. Follow him on the Twitters, the X's, the YouTubes, the Pentagon Tubes, um, and support people, uh, analysts uh, like him. And Israel, uh, we can always talk about uh, Israel, uh, latest reports that they are doubling down, uh, some in Israel, on this idea of resettling gaza with um um israelis and then these these reports i didn't get to this with um terry uh wolf but um i just lost it here is israeli intelligence accuses almost 200 gaza un staff um of hamas islamic jihad roles 
uh, what sort of and you know all of this is very linked to Iran because as we mentioned before, there's been this forever plan. You know, Wesley Clark, NATO Supreme Commander, presidential candidate, he revealed to us we're going to knock out seven countries. We've done most of them. Iran is the last one. I've chatted with Francis Boyle, who's said that this has always been the plan. The Bush administration was going to do it. For whatever reason, they passed the baton to a, a subsequent um, administration, which so far none of them have gone to war with Iran. But I feel like that's still uh, the plan. And so yeah, your thoughts regarding Israel, what's happening uh, out there? Yeah, so now we've got over 25,000 people that are dead. Um, complete humanitarian disaster on, on that level. Um, but Wesley Clark, I saw an interview with him yesterday or the day before. You can find it. Go to Channel 4 News and look for a... It's about a 15-minute long video, and it's, it's titled, What Will the U.S. Do Next After These Three Dead Soldiers? or something like that. You'll find it. <clears throat> In that interview, he claims that he knows Iranians that are telling him, send in the B-52s. So there are Iranians that Wesley Clark knows that are telling him that it's just, it's time to do it. It's time to go ahead and invade Iran and destroy the country and just basically nuke it and send it back to the Stone Age. Um, so if Iranians are telling Wesley Clark to do it, of course, this is what we should do, right? This this should be the, the number one goal. I mean, this is just a disaster across the board. Um, and we have all of these figures that, and he's one of them actually in my PhD research, you put them into um, a tree an institutional tree of where they have been affiliated with throughout their careers. And they're all from the same places, the same institutions, the same weapons companies, the same think tanks, places like the Council on Foreign Relations. Um, so this is a, there is a, a factory of globalism that exists in the world. Um, and it churns out people that get into very prominent positions of power and they work hard to maintain those positions of power and they absolutely use that power to alter the world um, in their image, which is precisely what C. Wright Mills told us these people were doing uh, back in the 1950s when he wrote The Power Elite. Um, again, viewers, if you've not read that book, it's essential reading, The Power Elite, C. Wright Mills. Uh, it's a little bit of an older writing style, quite a bit of dense history in there. But the points he makes in there about the political, economic, and military elites and their dominance absolutely still maintain true to this very day. Um, with Iran, though, and Israel and what's going on here, lots of interconnections, like you said. The question is, how far do these interconnections go? Are there Iranian Revolutionary Guard commanders on the ground actually directing some of these actions? I mean, that's possible in some instances. Or are they just funneling the weapons to these different groups? So, I mean, that's absolutely going on. Um, or is it a wide coordinated strategy between all of them? Um, we spoke about Hassan Nasrallah last time I was on um, and his speeches. And what he's been saying and his argument, and he's, uh, of course, the, the, the leader of Hezbollah in Lebanon, um, he has essentially argued that all of these different groups, we are a group of um, individual resistance branches working against 
the Zionist regime, as they call it, against Israel, against the United States. Um, and they basically do their own thing. So they he's arguing that it's a very decentralized system, um, whereas the US um, and the neocons in particular, they're arguing that it's a very centralized, top-down, Iran controls everything. Um, so th the reality is going to be somewhere in the middle there. Um, there's going to be a little bit of Iranian coordination here and there, a little bit of these ragtag groups doing what they want when they want. But it's a mess, ultimately. Um, it, it's, it's a mess in terms of the, the connections. And when you're dealing with a mess like that, responding to it becomes really tough because then how do you respond to it? I'm sure you've seen the headlines. Apparently, Biden has now made his decision on what he's going to do next. So this was today's big headline on this. So I guess tomorrow or Friday or whenever Joe wakes up from his nap, um, he, he's going to decide to pull the trigger and something's going to blow up somewhere. Um, but again, what do, what do you blow up? That is, the, that is really the question, right? What do you blow up? Um, do you just hit some old empty fuel refinery somewhere in Iran? Do you hit one of these rebel militia camps in Syria and kill a few of these um, militia members somewhere? Or do you just go full force and say, well, you know what, um, these Iranian nuclear facilities, we know where they are, and we're going to start um, attacking them and we're going to start wiping them out, um, which is, of course, what Netanyahu and the Israelis have been wanting to do also now for a very, very, very long time. And they have done uh, things along these lines repeatedly. Um, Israel is really the only nation on planet Earth that still uses assassination really as an open foreign policy choice. So when you see these, um, oh, an Iranian nuclear, nuclear scientist was driving to work today and all of a sudden uh, his car just exploded. We don't know what happened. Well, the, well, yeah, we do know what happened, right? These people have been targeted and this has happened deliberately over the years, over the decades from the war on terror. Um, <clears throat> these attacks on facilities as well within Iran, drone strikes that have taken place, all of this, the cloak may come off, right? And if that happens, well then, <laughs> as we started this conversation out with, what are you opening the door to? I think you're opening Pandora's box and I don't think that that's worth opening. Also, yeah, just briefly, yeah, go ahead. just yeah. briefly on this, there's been a lot of talk about these 25,000 dead in Gaza, the reason the Houthis are attacking, the reason the Iranians are attacking is because of what's happened in Gaza, right? And therefore, if the US, the UK, if they push Israel to stop this conflict in Gaza, these attacks are going to go away. I don't actually think that's the case anymore. I think what's happened in Gaza has spiraled so dramatically out of control, 25,000 dead people piled high, if that just stops tomorrow, well, the Iranians and all of these groups have now got 25,000 excuses to keep launching their own attacks, regardless of whether Israel stops or not. So that means we really are in a position of unmitigated danger because it almost means it doesn't matter what you do. We could continue the conflict, stop the conflict. This still has the potential to spiral onwards. And I think that's the, the current calculation that's being made in places like Lebanon and Iran right now. Well, if, if they do stop this, well, why should we stop? Um, surely we should um, continue these attacks, continue to show that, that we have a, an ability to maintain control um, in our region, show that we have an impact in our sphere of influence, so to speak.
but yeah, I think this is, um, we may have crossed the Rubicon, right? It, it's, it may have just been left too long, right? The, the patient may have bled out at this point, right? And you, there, there's nothing that can be done to save him. He's already lost too much blood. That's sort, sort of the situation that I think we're in. Um, and that, again, is the fault of of the US, of the UK, that continue to funnel weapons and money into Israel and refuse to call out what they were doing um, as what is, in my analysis, uh, ethnic cleansing. Um <clears throat> And of course, you had the genocide trial and everything that's happened there. Um, but yeah, I think we it's, it, we may have crossed the point of no return, and this is just going to spiral into something, um, regardless of what we do to try and stop it. We've crossed many Rubicons, and we continue crossing many Rubicons. Uh, like the book Crossing the Rubicon by, I think it was Michael Rupert, uh, LAPD detective. I had a, I've got a physical copy somewhere, the late Michael Rupert, who did a, a lot of great work. Um, we're three and a half minutes to midnight. We got Joe on the line. Real quick, Joe, what's on your mind? Yeah, real quick. So speaking of groups and attacks, uh, McGregor, Colonel McGregor was on Judge Napolitano today, talking about with all the people who have come across from Mexico the last, whatever, three, doesn't matter how many years, he says there's for sure Hezbollah cells, working with the Mexican drug cartels. They've got all the weapons. They've got the RPGs. They're here in the country waiting for some kind of activation day. What do you guys think on that? I think it's plausible. Uh, sometimes it sounds kind of funny when you hear um, some of the Warhawks. McGregor is not a Warhawk, uh, but um, some of the others use that language saying, oh, the Iranians are coming in. But I, I definitely, the numbers of the people coming in through the border, I think... It cannot not be that there are evildoers um, sneaking in for some future events. Your thoughts, Stuart? Yeah, I'm about with you on that. I mean, it's, it's hard to say for sure exactly who these people are or what they're doing. Um, because again, I don't think anyone really knows who they are or what they're doing. So the likelihood of at least some of them having nefarious intentions could be pretty high. So they're going to they're gonna whip out, um, deploy a strategy of tension right uh, nato operation gladio um, style someone i was listening to that um, was making the case that it's already too late that for the next five to ten years all of this has been set up with all of these people that have come in um we're just going to be see, seeing chaos over the next couple of years uh, any final thought joe uh, no, and also kill two birds with one stone. You've got the war hawks against the drug cartels, too. This is, oh, they're linked. Hezbollah and the cartels, they're all working together, so they can kind of go after both of them. Get, get into Mexico. Um, dead men tell no tales, uh, as they say. Um, thanks for the call, Joe. We're about a minute and a half left. And I, I did it. Speaking of McGregor, uh, I saw you, Stuart, you commented on one of his tweets. You said the mainstream media deliberately avoids talking about real elite global power structures like the military industrial complex because they are embedded into the very same system. We have to expose it ourselves. Uh, a minute, 20 seconds left. Final thought, uh, Stuart. Yeah, I mean, so when you look at this military industrial complex, Eisenhower laid out exactly what this is. Um, this isn't just people making money um, from conflicts. This is a structure that alters the literally the entire society and pushes the society in a, in a direction that is um, really focusing on the use of militarism as a method of politics. Um, Clausewitz famously said that um, 
military conflict is just politics by another means um, but that's really not the case especially not when you look at modern wars and the millions and millions and millions of people that we now have the, the capability of killing um, and we have killed right um, and when you just look at something like the the US military budget I think it's now 890 billion dollars um, was just 850 last year um, so gone up another 40 just imagine what you could use that money for I mean literally anything else um, imagine what the the species could achieve um, by focusing its time and attention on literally anything other than just blowing each other up all right we're out of time always great chatting with you uh, Stuart everyone follow Stuart on Twitter uh, X YouTube Stuart J Cooper reshare his stuff I'm signing off Steve Malzberg is up next. Be seeing you.